in one of the more affluent areas of southwest London. After what was mostly a fact-finding initial session, Saul turned to me as we walked away, his face light with relief. Thank God that's over. It wasn't as bad as I thought. I stopped then, incredulous. You do know that was just the beginning, don't you? You are aware it's not a one-off. We laughed about it later, the dawning horror on his face. Funny how quickly Louise has become the most important person in our lives. The last time we went to see her, just three days ago, we arrived twenty minutes early and took a walk in the small park in front of her house. We'd just had a light dinner together in the garden, something wholesome involving salmon and vine-grown tomatoes, and for once our conversation felt unforced. As we strolled across the freshly mown grass, Saul took my hand and I allowed my own fingers to curl around his. We didn't speak much, I remember, but it was a lightweight sort of silence that settled easily over us like a fine mist, and I'd felt hopeful for the first time in weeks. How are you both this evening? Louise smiled as we took our customary seats on the sofa in front of her. Louise has a lazy eye, so even while she's looking at me, I sometimes have the disconcerting impression that she's actually addressing Saul. Fine, I smiled back, still bathed in the glow of unexpected closeness. Louise turned her good eye to Saul. And you, Saul? How have you been feeling? Saul looked at her, and I saw a dark flush crawl out from the hollow of his collarbone, where it had been hiding all this time. Actually... I'm angry, he said, really bloody angry. I roll onto my back, my head propped up on a multitude of overstuffed pillows so that my neck feels bent at an unnatural angle. The hotel room is done out in what was described on the website as neutrals. For neutrals, read beige. Who knew there were so many shades of beige? Even the abstract prints on the walls are beige. I have woken up inside a giant surgical stocking. Without warning, I'm reminded of the first hotel room I ever stayed in, although I suppose stayed might be too grand a word for two hours on a drizzly Wednesday afternoon. I was sixteen years old and horribly naive. For the next few years, I truly believed all hotels had greying net curtains and a thick plastic cover over the mattress so that every movement was accompanied by a loud crackling sound and the smell of sex was a citrus air freshener tree. Why am I thinking of that now, after all these years? My handbag, large and battered and stuffed with rubbish, old receipts and fluff-covered throat pastels, a lightweight umbrella with a broken spindle, a couple of fraying tampons, squats on the dressing table in front of me, and I deliberately don't look at it. Just knowing that the letter is tucked away inside gives me an uncomfortable, fluttery feeling. Instead, I focus on Saul's nylon sports bag, which is open next to it. When I saw him loading it into the car boot yesterday evening, something popped inside me. Please tell me you're not, I said, pointless when it was so obvious that he was. With the benefit of hindsight, I see I could have handled it better. Make it about how you feel, not about what the other person has done, Louise is forever saying. Your sports bag makes me feel superfluous, I could have said. No, that's not the word. Lonely. Your sports bag makes me feel lonely.
Saul didn't even look up. Course I am. The marathon's next weekend. It'd be suicide to interrupt my training schedule. Suicide? Not that he could ever be accused of being grandiose, my husband. So that means you'll be not drinking and stuffing yourself with carbs and protein, even though it's a wedding. What's the big deal, Fran? It's not as if I expect you to do the same. Since turning 40, Saul has run 13 marathons and done six triathlons. My husband is a walking, talking sinew. The first marathon he completed was, I'll admit, quite magical. The girls and I went early to secure a spot near the finishing line and spent hours craning our necks as the runners began to dribble in, the first hundred or so still taking easy strides, the rest in varying degrees of discomfort. I'll never forget that first glimpse of him.